Podcast, Menswear by a Woman Podcast. I'm Samilla. Hope you're all doing very well. Today's guest, right, um, well, he's a legend in menswear. His name is Mark Powell. I've, I can't tell you how honoured I am to get him onto my podcast. It's, it's I mean, who, no, whoever know, doesn't know who Mark Powell is, right, uh, honestly, come on. You've got to know who he is. Mark, welcome to Menswear by Woman Podcast. It's an absolute honour to have you here. Absolute pleasure. Nice to talk to you. Um, how can I say? I mean, you've dressed, uh, made suits for so many people, so many people out there. You've been in the trade from 1985. Mark, I just wanted to know how it all began with you from, I mean, way before 1985, right? How did it all start? The key to, like anything, when you do it, how I've done it. I mean, it was obviously a passion of mine. Um, I got my first shop in 1985, but I'd worked in, you know, retail, men's retail, men's fashion, uh, on and off from when I left school. So I'd already done a lot of stuff associated with menswear. I mean, I started off working in Conduit Street, where there was a great right. shop I worked for, the Washington Tremlin, which used to have next to it was a Sailors called uh, Civil Castle. He used to make Frank Sinatra's stuff. Oh, right, and that is Sinclair. So I used to go in there and talk with the guys in there and found that high-end quality work retailing far more interesting. Although my personal tailoring was always more connected on the style side of what street fashion was about. So with subcultures that had been influenced yeah. by tailoring, you know, like mods or 50s, you know, Ted's or whatever. Yeah. So I always looked at tailoring as a way of expressing style. I mean, it's all fine going on about the craft, but I mean, you get these people on podcasts now and whatever, doing their um, reels on the craft of tailoring, which is great, but it is really pretty boring. I mean, you want to see the finished item, you want to see the style, you want to see what it's all about. And for me, it was always about merging the, uh, you know, the lovely craft of tailoring of the, on the very, you know, top end of what Savile Row tailoring's about. But with my knowledge on subcultures and style, obviously over the years I've made a lot of those styles my own looks, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Whether they be a nudge to Neo Edwardian, 20s, 30s, 40s, 60s styles. But I've also updated them. A lot of people don't understand that. I mean, it's all fine to do retro style, but I don't want to look like I've come off a film set. That's not very cool either. So many people do it like that, and it's not really... It's easy to do that. Style is the key to the whole thing. And also, um, you know, when you think I was doing like 30s, 40s style when I was 21, 22 in a purist way, yeah. you know, in the sense of what vintage style is like now. Um, so really, um, it's always been more about the way of advancing the style to create it and make it and own it as a look for yourself and what you do, you know. So, you know, um, starting it up and all that, um, your own business, was it difficult in those days? No, it wasn't. It was a lot easier in that era. You could actually do things uh, on the merit of what you were doing. You know, if you, I know so there was a lot of things that happened. People I met, they had shops around so which offered me a shop opportunity. And, of course, in those days, you could just sort of do it with, a, you know, a few grand, really. Um, but you know, you got to remember the first shop I had from 1985 to 88. Yeah. Um, it was quite an interesting vibe because it wasn't just about tailoring, it was more like a gentleman's outfitters, really. So, you know, we had um, a vast range of original 30s, 40s, 50s suits that we 
I found at a warehouse. Yeah. I had a partner at that time as well, whose name was Nick Tentis, who ended up having a shop on Savile Row as well later himself. Right. Um, but we found a warehouse full of original suit, and then we built a whole look around that, and then we did the tailoring, and I did like a made-to-measure and bespoke service. But it was a small part of the business. It wasn't the whole key of the business, you know. So um, that's how the, the initial shop developed. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have masses of you know, money behind us. Um, and really, when I sort of, um, I stopped doing the, the shop from about 1988 for a couple of years. So I got involved with a nightclub. I had a nightclub in Seoul as well. Oh, right, okay. Um, um, which is another story. I mean, going about all these stories all day long, but that was another story. And that for a while, and then slowly got back into doing um, tailoring again, and more focused on tailoring. Right. Um, but within you know a couple of years of doing that, literally going to see clients privately, always to come up here to members' clubs like Fred's, which is a bit like a young version of the Groucho Club in those days. Right. Um, you know, and already I was doing people like Vic Reeves and Jonathan Ross and all those sort of people. Um, and then I got my next, I didn't bother to shop off that. I just worked for Marteliers, but they was always like called at the places. Yeah. I'd have like a, like an almost like a little boudoir. I had like a place in Darblish, which had three rooms. The first room I had there, when I first started, was tiny, but I was doing like 15 bespoke suits a week. Wow. Uh, and, you know, we were doing, we were doing every, oh, I was doing everyone really within a short period of time. In that 90s period, I did every boy band from E17 to Take That to Wet, Wet, Wet to Naomi Campbell <laughs> to George Mike. I know. The cool, list goes on. To Mick Jagger. Yeah, no, I was doing everybody, you know. Um, and, of course, there was only a few young personality names we were like the new young tailors but i was actually probably the first of the new generation after tommy nutter okay. in the uh, 70s right you know i got press of me on the same page as tommy nutter in the mid 80s you know wow was it when you were doing all this right um all the tailoring part of it right was it were you passionate about it or were you just doing it because you need to earn money no I'm passionate about it. I didn't give a damn about the money. I would never really be bothered about money. As long as I could make a living doing what I like to do, that's yeah. what I was worried about. Um, no, I was never driven by that. That's why I never did expand, really. I think I was always quite happy. As long as I could enjoy what I was doing yeah. and I got a reasonable lifestyle from it. I had a family. I had children. Uh, I, was, I had very cars i did all the stuff that you do when you first start making a bit of money but no money was never my and i lived my money as well i used to party all the time and enjoy myself <laughs> um and i was a young man relatively young man i'd done it when i was in my 20s in the 80s but now even in my early 30s i was doing that and i had a family and uh, i you know was living a, a, a fun life as well you know traveling a bit i then got my license still in japan Right. Started going to Japan a couple of times a year with um, Mark Powell, you know, which is a license still in Japan. We had like five or six Mark Powell shops there. This is around the time when the other tailored names were Richard James, yeah. Timothy Evers, Oswald Boateng, really. They were the four. Yeah. Um, Oswald had sort of worked around, not with me, but was hang, you know was hanging out with me for a while. We were good friends before he really started. In fact, he did modelling a show we did in Russia in 1991. 
but that's another story, really. But I was the best man at his first wedding, so we were quite good friends. Uh, Richard James just opened on someone, but he wasn't really about bespoke at that time. He was doing more ready-to-wear, but it was a very new, fresh idea what he had, with, right. uh, which was, was very cool at the time. And Timothy Everest was based over by Spitterfields and, you know, was doing pretty cool bespoke style work as well. So there was a four, there were the four people. I mean, for example, there's an exhibition at the V&A in 97 called the London Cup. Uh, Cup. And I think the four bespoke tailor featured it was, was me and the other guy that said there. So I think that sort of says what it was all about. But we was all relatively young guys. We was in our 30s. And they was often doing collective stories on us in, you know, GQ, Esquire, Arena. Yeah. So that was always good for business because you'd get your own individual clients that would have, you know, you'd sell your, your idea to what your thing was about. Um, of course, it was always the irritation of um, being pigeonholed, which is a very British phenomenon. So because I was a bit of a geezery bloke, because I did Ronnie Cry, it was always like the gangster tailor, which wasn't a bad title, but it was a bit boring. and It was a little bit, you know, as I say, putting you in a box, which is what does tend to happen. Um, Think- but the great thing is that at that time I was doing a lot of women's tailoring, probably far oh. more than most of the other men's tailors at that time. You know, you know Bianca Jagger. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, funny enough, they just re- uh, recently reshot a scene from The Crown, which is with the Spice Girls with Prince Charles. I think it's going to be on in a few weeks, actually. I think it's November. But... Well, that's orange suit that Scary Spice wore yeah. in that sort of iconic moment when they say, always show to represent Cool Britannia in the 90s post Blair, when Blair was in. Uh, that was one of my suits, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, at that time, um, we was do- you know, I was doing lots of things for Naomi Campbell um, and a few other female artists groups like um, the, um, oh, the Irish group, I forget what they call they did Zombie and all that stuff. They uh, did, did all their stuff, the lorries from them. Uh, we did all them. You know, so there's lots of people we were doing, you know. So, what, thanks you, a lot, mate. See, I'm, I'm working as I'm talking. I know, I know, go, I know. He's, talk, he's talking to me, Dave, but yeah. he's got loads of people coming in and out and all that stuff. So, I'm really grateful that he's actually got some time. Um, with Bespoke, right? Do you think Bespoke has had a dip and then come back up? Or do you think Bespoke is. I always do that. <clears throat> well, I think it's just generally tailoring, not only Bespoke, because I do ready to wear as well now and that's right. probably as much as my business half of my business is bespoke now you got to remember i've got you know my suit in the basement i've got over 100 odd suits ready to wear suits we also do made to measure which is based on all the ready to wear which is still manufactured and then of course bespoke is a very small part now it's probably about 25 30 percent of the business now right whereas before it was probably more like um you know 50 60 percent or even more back in the day Especially in the period in the nineties, it was all about bespoke, you know. So, Mark, um, at the moment, right? What do you think about menswear? How it's going at the moment? Um, well, I mean, all it's going through at the moment on a fashion level, it's going through a very early nineties influence, which is the normal twenty, thirty years cycle. I mean, I appreciate, I, I respect what's going on. Um, you can't. Um, I think generally, fashion, like everything, yeah. because of the internet, it's all very generic. Yeah. Style is very generic. The purists and the people that talk about it are very generic. They've not got a very open mind. I've always been very open-minded, and I'm normally miles ahead of most people with my 
style ideas because I don't really follow other people or look at what other people are doing. I just do my thing. Um, but yeah, I've got no uh, issues with fashion. Fashion's fashion. You know, um, style is another thing. Fashion is one, another thing, you know. But what's good about fashion, when it goes through a more expressive moment with tailoring, that's always good for what we do or what bespoke tailors or, you know, men's tailors do, you know. Particularly with me, because my thing's always led more by style than just a classic suit, you know, like what classic Savile Row shop would do, like Huntsman's or Anson yeah. Shepherd. So how do you go about when so when a client comes in, right, and tells you, I want a suit, I want to get a suit done by yourself, Mark, what, 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 how do you go about it? I mean, do you sit down? Well, and... it depends on the client. Some clients have got a very good idea, direct idea of what they want. Others, uh, most of them actually like to be directed by me. Right. Um, but, you know, that's because my thing is more about the style. Okay. But, you know, it's, um, it's I can accommodate it. The sign of it really. I mean, sometimes you get the guy coming who brings his wife in, you know, the one and only time he may be going to have a mate bespoke suit is when he's getting married or yeah. something like Well, he's genuinely for that. So they normally bring the wife to be in. So then you end up sort of selling the idea to the wife or half flirting with the wife to be because you, you know, <laughs> and that's the way it's going to go. But you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, I, I'm happy to be open, but a lot of people generally do like to come into me for me to direct it. Uh, maybe they'll have an idea of what they want to do with the fabric. And the good thing in here, there's such a lot of great reference points yeah. to draw on with the styles of what we do, the pearls, they, ideas they might want to use, waistcoats they might like to look at, etc. There's a lot of good things to see, even in the ready-to-wear styles that I do. But I, I've also got, like, in the back of my shop downstairs a private room which has got like a library which has got all lovely books of reference yeah and then on the walls in the basement i have lots of references of all the press i've had over the years so you yeah. can point at oh look i did that one that's one i did with jude law or that's something you know and they yeah. can look at those things as well which also helps do you think right at the moment with menswear it's all everybody's like um in a little um groups Kind of thing is that what it what menswear is going towards? Well, I think what I think what the internet. I've had to say it again, but it isn't what it is. I think what the internet's done. It's almost made it a little bit train spottery with some people. You yeah. know, they're like little cliques of people that look at things more in a nerdy way than an actual. You know, you know, like a nice way of naturally developing ideas of what you should wear for style and do. Um, I think. It's fine, but I mean, you know, the other amazing thing is as well, you get people that, you know, they've not always been into style and then sort of suddenly found a moment of how to be stylish and then they, you know, then they're like the, the experts, the purists, they know everything yeah. that's going on, you know, yeah. which is great because they're good as well to publicise what people like me are doing behind the scenes, you know. Yeah, is there any way, um, has there ever been a time where you just felt like saying, oh, I don't want to do this anymore? No, I no. still very much enjoy what I do. I enjoy the challenges. Every, every day I've got challenges. Like today I've got a lot going on with uh, clients coming in and fittings and collections, etc. So, you know, if I'm having a, a very quiet period and there's not much going on, probably inactivity might get me a little bit complacent, but I never get 
no, I've got to get this up. I've had enough of this. You know, I'm very inspired still. I love what I do. And, you know. And are suits still in? Are you know making the bespoke suits and things like that? Are they still quite well in at the moment? So are they quite well in? I mean, are they quite still? Um, you know, people still want because there's a new generations of um men who want bespokes. So it seems like bespoke has gone up another level now. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, it's gone up a little bit, but we still don't get. You know, I mean, a lot of it is the price. You know, if you're charging four or five grand for suit. Yeah. You know, particularly young guys, it's it's too much money for a lot of them. You might get some older guys. Uh, I mean, the good thing is, of course, with a good handmade suit, it's got longevity in the way it's made. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got clients that do have stuff done, but they're not not, not many of them are that young. Uh, bespoke, you know, I've got guys that spend, you know, a lot of money with me every year, literally spending thousands every month that keep coming back, having more made, having more made. But there's only a few of them. Uh, and then with a lot of other guys, it's the big thing for that big event or that wedding day or whatever or something they particularly need something for. But generally in here, we've got a lot of things to cover it. You know, we do, we've got also, you know, we do great shirts. We do our spear collar shirts, which, you know, few people are trying to copy, but they don't do that well. The round tab collar, which is quite iconic. All the those shirt styles I've done for like you know, 30, 40 years, I've sort of made them my own. Of course, they were around in uh, in the 30s, really. Um, I mean, I'm wearing one now. If you get the camera down, I get the screen down a bit. When yeah. you can't see it, that one oh, just wow. I've got a spear collar on now. Yeah, wow. You know, I always wear spear collar shirts, you know. So who's your favourite tailor, Mark, apart from yourself? Um, no, I mean, I like guys. I mean, the guy I really like on Savoir, I like Richard Anderson, and we've always had a nice, friendly relationship. Right. And he's a very skilled cutter and tailor. Yeah. Um, and we, funny enough, when I did Young Tailor of the Year, when I was the judge on that, it was mm -hmm. me and Richard, I said, oh, well, if they approached me first, and I said, oh, I'd love Richard to be my right hand on that. And we, we were, we were, you know, we worked really well together, and he's a great guy. He always shows a lot of interest in what I'm doing with my work um, still. Um, I mean, obviously, with Richard, it is very much the, the skill and craft set of what it is, but he does that so well, and he's such a good cutter, and I think he's always interested in my thing, because my thing is more about the style, styling, if you like, you know? Yeah. So, do you, um, Mark, it's the, are you seeing more um, younger people coming into the trade? Or other people. Oh, there's definitely been a massive risk. I mean, I remember that all beginning. That all began really about 20 odd years ago. Yeah. Because yeah. there was a um, a big thing at Newham College, funny enough, where they were encouraging tailoring courses. Oh, right. Then it graduated to St Martin's and London College of Fashion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. I think a lot of it as well was it's so hard to become the next, you know, John Galliano, Alexander McQueen through yeah. um, fashion, you know, with fashion yeah. design as such. So a lot of guys, I think, got into using tailoring as a good way to express yourself with style or creativity through style, which is what I'd always done. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a great thing. And I mean, you know, it's all fine learning the craft of tailoring. But even with myself, you know, I, I don't, cut suits i always just delegated my work i measure and fit better than anyone probably in the, you know what i do 
But I'm always very hands-on with the whole process of what I do. Right. Um, and this is another thing a lot of people don't understand. You know, tailoring isn't just about, you know, sitting on a bench, cutting and making. It's also about how you work and create the whole look through the process of yeah. tailoring, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're the right. The tailors are incredibly skillful people, but generally they're very behind the scenes, the actual Tailors. craft skill set of what tailoring is, unless they're the cutter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's been a lot of young people going into it. Um, there's a few that are getting through and doing quite well, but it's still a very hard thing. If you do want to work in tailoring behind the scenes and be like a coat maker, uh, which is a jacket maker, you know, you could... Um, make a good living but it's a lot of hard work mm. um and you know like everything it's a glamorous side to all of it when you see films like kingsman and everything yeah, else but there's definitely. a very unglamorous side to it well were you part of the kingsman but that's always been the case with taylor the behind the scene side i mean some will present this sort of myth that everyone's working downstairs <laughs> that probably only happens in a few of their workshops and a lot of it's farmed out to workshops in and around Soho, you know, which is always an aspect of Did you make some of the suits in The Kingsman? I, I can't remember who else did. Sorry? It. Did you make some of the suits in The Kingsman film, the film? No, no, they've, they've, I think they, that's Anderson, the whole thing it? with that because it's done through Huntsman. The Huntsman and Huntsman, It's yeah. literally done through the whole, through, yeah. through the work of, okay. of, which is a great, it's a great, you know, flagship. It's a great, great little presentation for them, really, isn't it? I mean, I think most people know, but I mean, obviously, it, they sexy up, make it a bit more sexy for the film because it, you know, needs to be. It's a film. You just had boring suits, it wouldn't look that you know, exciting. But no, it's great what they've done with Kingsman, and it's brought a lot of interest to men's tailoring generally. And last of all, um, what would you say to someone if they wanted to do their own tailoring house, like what you're doing? Well, I mean, Anyone can do what you do, you do. I mean, but I can't make people be me. I'm just me. I'm, you know, I make my, I make myself what I am. Who just believing in what I did and doing it on my own terms. I mean, I think the biggest success of what I've done has been the fact that I've done it totally on my own terms. You know, the fact that I don't kiss ass. I don't, you know, pan up to anyone. In some ways, it, that shoots you in the foot a little bit because sometimes because you don't play the game, you don't get as much credit from some people as maybe you should. Uh, but, I mean, I think most people are, you know, in and around fashion know that someone like me is a very good inspiration. That's why a lot of the young students do come to me and want to have a chat. And I've got a great kid working for me, work experience at the moment that's doing that, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, kissing ass and all that stuff, I, I do think, you know, it doesn't... Yeah, it might get you somewhere, but true talent and true art and craft, when you don't kiss ass, it comes, it shines through. And people like yourself, Mark. Well, no, I think you're right. I think that's totally uh, true, yeah. And I think people Your like yourself. Your talent will come through. Yeah. But then you don't often get as much credit. That's fine, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, it's being true to yourself and tr being true to your art, you know. Um, Kissing artists. That's right. It's very me. true. Being true to yourself and true yeah. to your art. That's yeah, exactly and being it. passionate about what you'd love doing. I, I know, Mark, you need to go because you've got clients coming in, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for doing this interview. Absolute pleasure. And, you know, we can I always mean, do another moment or time as well. 100%. If it's maybe more topical or focused on a certain subject that we need, yep. we can always do that as well. Part two coming up soon. Uh, Mark, I just wanted to say I 
I've been a great fan of your work, um, even when I was at St. Martin's at London College of Fashion and even at the Royal. I was a huge fan of your work. So let's do a second part to this because I can't wait to do it. Yeah, we can do. And it'd be nice to see you. Come down to the shop and have a look at what we're doing as 100%, 100%. well. 100%. You're more than welcome anytime. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much.